Welcome to the Early Learning Podcast. Uh, my name's Jackie Ward and I am the Early Learning Coordinator with the Early Learning Team. And I'm here today with Therese Wynyard, who is our Transition Advisor, specialising in early intervention. Welcome, Therese. I'm very excited to talk to you today. Yes, thanks, Jackie. I'm very excited too to be talking about how we can help our young children with disability in this uh, a time where we're looking at a lot of children probably going to be at home um, and that we're looking at ways to uh, help their continuity of learning. So we really need to consider how we can support our young children with disability through this time. I agree because I think um, it's definitely been raised as a bit of a concern or a, or a challenge for people to think about how do we support young learners and there's an extra layer on that with this isn't there to think how do we support um, young learners with a disability. So I, I would be really interested to draw on your expertise here to think about what things do we need to consider for supporting uh, children with a disability in this remote context. What do you think some of the priorities are? Well, I think some of the first considerations are really looking at the that um, complexity of uh, children with a disability being at home. Um, you know, teachers and parents of a child with a disability, often uh, the, the situation can be very difficult. And for families with children with disability, that's not the only child that they have at home often. They often have... Uh, siblings, uh, other children who might be at school and the families are trying to keep their learning going, they may have another child with a disability because in so many cases where there's one child with a disability in a family, often there, there can be more. So I think families are going to be feeling very stressed at this time. It's going to be a challenging situation for everyone, for the teachers and for the parents, but I think it's going to offer us lots of opportunities to develop ways of working together really well. I think that's a really good point to raise and I think that's probably a, across the board. I can imagine um, myself as a parent, uh, I don't have children at school at this time, but if I did, um, I've got four children, I can only imagine what it would be like to try and support all of them with learning from home. So I think it's really important to reinforce that, you know, it's really about learning from home, is about learning in everyday ways and um, incidental learning and learning through play and learning through routines and all those sorts of things. I think that what you're saying there is so, so important, not just at times when children are um, home from school, but in the whole way that early intervention is best delivered in um, in these times. The current thinking really is about the power of working with the families anyway at home and that they know how to uh, support their children in their day-to-day -day routines, learning through everyday activities at home. There's lots of complexities that we need to think about with for families with a child with a disability. So what are some of the things that we could sort of, um, I guess, support families in that way? So how do we work with that support for continuity of learning? Yeah, well, I've got a few strategies here that I'd like to go into, but just before I do, one of the things that I think is also part of the complexity and also part of ways to work with families of children with disability when they're at home is remembering that often these children have a large number of services through the week. So we may be their early intervention teacher or we may be their preschool teacher, but in other times during the week they may also be going to uh, speech therapy, they may be going to occupational therapy. They may be going to swimming lessons somewhere fitted in there. And all of those things are going to be missing. And so many of these children have such a strong reliance on the routine 
of the week that they're going to be feeling really lost and really um, anxious. So really one of the most important strategies often to think about in that regard is to think about how these children might be feeling and start to address that in ways that they're going to be able to understand easily. And one of those ways that works really well, tried and proven, is uh, social stories, stories that explain to the children why they're at home, why the school's closed, to put their mind at rest about the germs that are around and why everyone is feeling anxious, including everybody at home, starting to feel anxious about the situation. It will pass, but uh, young children with disability pick up on this and social stories explaining how that works is a fantastic strategy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm a big fan of the social story and I think, as you say, it's such an important thing. I think a lot of people shy away from um, unpacking complex topics with children, any you know, any of the young children, but so especially true. children with a disability because they yeah. think they can't understand those sort of high-level concepts. But they actually still need to have those concepts broken down by their trusted adults, don't they? Absolutely, Jackie. And they're really feeling the stresses that are around them at the time. And it's amazing how much a simple social story read over and over again can really support them to understand what's happening and make them feel safe and secure. And I think it's important, really important too, if we do have this um, remote learning context to think particularly about those relationships with these children and families. Yeah. They're going to need, really need our teachers to be supporting and contacting and touching base, you know, probably more so I think than other children. I think probably, you know, for some of our preschool and other, you know, early childhood you know, maybe they'll go off and do their own thing for whatever time that the preschool is closed. Um, but I think in this case, it's really important for not just about the learning, but about the well-being. You know, yeah. we need to think about that. I think that's the first consideration, actually, in this situation at the moment, the well-being. Yeah, definitely. And then if when you've got uh, people feeling safe and secure, then they can start to look at moving along the line to look at how how families and teachers can work together to start to get the, the learning uh, continuing at home because it's such an important time for young children with disability and we want that to be able to keep on and they need to work together to make that happen. And I think that's exactly leading into our next point is what sort of advice do you think we've got for teachers and families to focus in on some strategies, um, you know, that maybe they're things that people are already using. It's just about implementing them differently. Yeah, so. that's right. And it may well be what people are already using. Early intervention teachers particularly are really good at working with families to work out their individual education programs and what those goals are going to be in the individual education programs. It's really important that the, those goals relate to things that are in the natural environment that the families can actually consider continue to support at home. Um and so that it's not actually a really uh, set up environment that's going to be a bit like homework yeah, <laughs> for children right. at home, but where uh, and families and children are being stressed, and where families are feeling that they need to sit the child down and make them uh, do these particular tasks. It's more about having really strong goals that we're really looking at working on, but 
working out ways that they can happen in the natural environment, in natural learning situations and in in ways that families are already doing in their own in their own spaces. And so making the learning, you know, if you want children to be able to match things, well, match the socks. Yeah. You know, all sit down and start sorting out the socks together and get the ones that all look the same and put them together. That just an example of uh, of ways that it can be done at home and done in natural ways. Also, what's really important here is um, that we don't destroy the relationship between the parent and the child because the parent's trying to make them learn. Oh, for sure. Uh, That's exactly what I was thinking. If I was at home with my children, I was trying to make people do stuff and they were going like homework, you know. Oh, I'm not doing that. You know, you don't want to create sort of more anxiety and more stress. You want it to be... Um, a joyous um, opportunity, Absolutely. I think, to share in children's yeah. learning. Yeah. And that's where play comes into it as well, yeah. um, you know, playing with the, with children, encouraging parents to play with their children. Um, also um, trying to bring in all the goals of all the other people who are working with the child into sort of one, one group where the family feel that they're working on everything that they need to be working on in natural ways with with building a really strong relationship with their child and not making it stressful. So it might be a good opportunity to revisit those individual um, plans and saying Absolutely. how can we tailor those, you know, still focusing on the learning but doing it in a different way. Yeah, and really because the, a lot of uh, some of the work that the that will be in the individual education plans will be things that the teachers were imagining they were going to do in the classroom. Yeah. And, and so finding different. a way to making to make them relevant to the children at home uh, and the ways that, that it can be done in that natural home environment is really, really important. I couldn't agree more. And there's also some great resources um, on our department webs- website as yes, well. Yes. So point. there's the Learn From Home website and it's got, Lots and lots of resources in there for children, um, preschool all the way up to year 12. There's lots of parent resources. There's a whole lot of different uh, links to other websites. So it's a really good one-stop shop for resources. And we'll be gradually building that resource as well, Jackie. Yeah, definitely. If you've been there once, go back again because there'll be more there as we, uh, you know, move through the the coming weeks. That's That's going to be a priority to focus on. Well, we better wrap it up there, Therese. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat and I hope that um, our educators out there find this um, information useful. Thank you, Jackie. I've really enjoyed actually doing this podcast and um, I think that it's great to get some ideas and, and considerations out to people working in early intervention or in preschools with children with disability. You know what? I think sometimes the best ideas and innovations come from upheaval like this. Yeah, definitely. And I think we might end up seeing families and teachers actually building strength in working together. I agree. And and th- opening up ideas and ways of doing things differently. Yeah, yeah. it's an opportunity. Yeah, actually. Definitely. We have to think of it that way. So it's crucial that our children in early intervention keep learning and it's crucial that the parents and teachers work really well together. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Jackie.